many agree I'm only in this message by grace? Oh, I greet all of you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't it a beautiful song? How many, how many people did God bypass when he came your way? People that came from better families. People that came from better churches. People that were learned. But he bypassed them and came to your doorstep. That's amazing grace. I greet all of you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We certainly appreciate the Lord and I appreciate the ministry of Brother Samuel. How many were blessed last night? I, I certainly was blessed. I told him sometime back, it must have been around 2003, I came across a few sermons where his dad was preaching and all along I was quite confused whether was it the dead or him but when I saw him I said but he looks much younger but I really appreciated the conviction with which he brought the message yesterday as we God bless you brother John and we appreciate the invitation and what God is doing and brother Steve and the rest of the musicians I see brother Solomon I gave him a song he gave it a a Bellingham flavor. <laughs> God bless you as you take your seats, musicians, and you, the rest, remain standing as we read the Bible. We'll turn to the book of John 13 and read 34 and 35. I'll read and you read after me. I prefer it that way always and to get especially our young people to read the Bible. A new commandment I give unto you. That ye love one another. As I have loved you. That ye also love one another. By this shall all men that ye are that by the, by this shall all men know that ye are my disciples. If ye have love one to another. As we bow our heads. Our gracious heavenly father, this morning as your servant, I'm reporting for duty. Heavenly Father, just put me aside that dear God you can come on display before your people your people have come here with various needs some known some unknown but you know all of their needs may you be responsive to their needs some we have had are sick and afflicted but oh God you are still a divine healer the Bible says you are the same yesterday today and forever Oh God, I've got no doubt that you'll touch their bodies and heal them, dear God. May you bless the local assembly. May you bless the local pastor. May you bless Brother Samuel together with his family. May you bless Brother Steve with his family. May you bless the musicians, the office bearers. May the Holy Spirit touch everyone this morning. It is my desire that when we come to the end of the service, Everyone must glorify God and say, God spoke to my heart. May you touch the hearts of the young people. May we bind Satan. He's got no right to roam around. As a church of a living God, we bind Satan. We bind demons. In the name of Jesus Christ, we ask these things. Amen and amen. God bless you richly as you take your seats. I appreciate what Brother Samuel said yesterday about uh, quality over quantity. We always look for quality rather than quantity. There is a prayer that uh, the prophet of God uh, prayed, and I just wanted to us to repeat that prayer. I'll read and you read after me. I always have this prayer whenever I travel, especially for local assemblies and for a local pastor. It is in the message, the evening messenger. 
I will read you, read after me. We want to thank you for this church. For it's a fine pastor and his family. And for all that you can trust this and for all that it represents. We thank you for those who are gallant to stand by. And Lord, we just pray the blessings of God rest upon them. Bless every effort. May this be a station, Lord, where all the valley here can come and find rest. Grant it, Father. May the prayers of the pastor be answered for the sick. May his prayers be answered for salvation. And for all that goes within the gospel range. May your blessings be upon him. May the church be short of no spiritual gift. May it be a place. An example church to the whole community. Grant it, Lord. How many say this is the prayer? How many say this is the prayer for this church? Beautiful facility, eloquent minister, able musicians, but you walked out and say, I'm not going to come back. Why? Because you were not attracted by equipment, because what attracts the people is the beauty of the church, and we want to come where the prophet says the beauty of the church is the character of the people. And those that have been around long enough, it is difficult to get healed from a church wound. There are some people that have gone through and that have got church wounds that have been inflicted on them. And a church can either be a place of healing or it can be a place of hurt. It can be a place of forgiveness or it can be a place of bitterness. It can be a place of love or it can be a place of hate. Are you still with me this morning? My desire for this church is that may it be a haven for the helpless. May the people that are hopeless, may they find hope. May the people that are going through battles, may they attain victory by coming through the premises of this building. In the message, what house will he build me? And this is particularly to you, uh, Brother John and Sister Sharon. In the message, paragraph 26, and I think Brother Samuel and Sister Kim would know, when you are in the ministry, it is not easy to start. Sometimes what you see on the platform is only 10% of what is happening. Almost 90% is happening behind the scene. And I think, Brother Samuel, there are times where you may have spoken to a wife and said, should we keep on doing this or must we quit, quit and do something else? But because of the love that you've got for the people, you say, let me go once more. And you keep on doing that. If you don't love God's people, you will not last in the ministry. I hope we are together here. Now, in the message, what house will you build me? Paragraph 26. He says, but there are those who are shepherds that watch the flock. Not everybody is a shepherd. It takes a special material to be a shepherd. It takes a special breed to be a shepherd. A shepherd is there. You know, some people do not understand, Brother Samuel, ministry it's a very, very interesting role within the body of Christ because you can pick up a call from somebody who's mourning and they just announce to you as a pastor and say, I just lost, I just lost my mom. And you put, you hang up and immediately when you hang up, somebody phones you and say, Pastor, I've got a testimony. I've been looking for a job and I got a promotion at work. 
Now you need to switch from where you were sympathizing to where you need to celebrate and you are one person. Unless it is by the grace of God, you can't do it. And I can imagine, Brother John, what you may have gone through, what you and Sister Sharon may have gone through, for us to see what we see and celebrate almost the second year anniversary, I know it has not been easy. Now, the prophet says, but there are those who are shepherds that wash the flock. I'm so grateful that Brother Perry followed the leading of the Holy Spirit. And in this case, we appreciate that Brother John Andes followed the leading of the Holy Spirit. And today we have a tabernacle. It's a small one. It's just good enough to start with and to see what the Holy Spirit, not knowing, let's just move step by step. And it says, now I believe if God has spoken to brother and sister, Andes in this case, to come here and has opened up a place where your children, instead on Sunday morning riding their bicycles, and on the streets and running around, they have a place to come to worship. Instead of sitting around and listening to something we have heard on radio, which is all right. So I want to say, we want to thank God for this tabernacle. We want to thank God for God having spoken to Brother John. And no man can do it unless you are supported by your wife. The prophet says, when God calls a man, he calls his wife. There are certain things that you, as a husband, you're going to go through. Unless your wife is called to, it's going to become difficult. Are you still with me? Most of the supporters, ministers, we get them from our wives. Are you still with me? And we appreciate their support. And without them, we cannot make it. We appreciate their prayers as they support us, as we take care of the needs of the people. Are you still with me? Now, the prophet says in the message, God called men. I'm going to get into some stuff this morning, and I need to relax because I've got some few things that I need to speak from my heart. You know, sometimes when a liquor joint opens, people, drunkards get happy that finally we've got something nearby to go and drink beer. But when a church opens up, my goodness, you'll find that even believers, they get upset. And it's not only here, it's across the world, and I wonder what is happening. I'm persuaded to believe that every community deserves to have a message church. Somewhere where people can wake up and take their children and come and worship God. Somewhere where people sometimes last night, if they have had a rough night, but a neighbor can say, let us go to the house of the Lord, and it is within a reachable place. Are you still with me? And I'm going to put a responsibility on you as the end time tabernacle. I want to say to you, this facility, don't be like the next church. Identify what God called you for this area. And take care of the needs of this area. Brother John, Brother Brenham says, when God calls a man and makes him a pastor, he makes him a pastor of a community. So this morning, Brother John is not just pastoring you. There are still people that are out that he is still a pastor to those people. And those people must be found and be brought into the house of the Lord. So don't be inward looking and focus on yourself. There are people that have never heard the gospel. And Brother Brenham says it is injustice for one person to hear the gospel twice, whereas there is another person that has never heard the gospel in their life. So it is our duty to go out and testify to the people that God has done something in our generation and there is a better hope and there is a better life and you are the people that must go on the ground and speak to the people about this hope. It's not just Brother John and this. Everyone is a missionary. Everyone must testify about the goodness of God. Don't just keep it to yourself. Tell the neighbor about it. Tell your colleague about it. Tell fellow students about it. God has done something special in our generation. Oh, this message is a better message, folks. This gospel is a better gospel. And in our generation, I say, God gave the best. 
You know, Brother Samuel, I normally say, you know, throughout the ages, God would go into the basket and he was giving the gifts throughout the ages. Maybe a gift of divine healing. Maybe a gift of speaking in tongues. But in the end time, he went into the basket and there was nothing in the basket. And God, in our generation, he didn't just give the gift, but the giver became the gift. That's why the scripture says, the Lord himself shall descend. So we are not pointing you just to the gift. We want you to know the giver of the gifts. Oh, we thank God. And you will see, as time goes by, I'm going to get into some stuff. The devil would want to dilute this message. The devil would want to drop the severity of this message. And to a certain extent, even drop the stature of the prophet in this age. Yeah. Folks, I'm persuaded that if you were in Egypt, no matter how learned you were, no matter whether you were a prayer warrior, no matter how many books or how many things you may have read, the only way to get out of Egypt, it was to follow the message of Moses. Yeah. Are you still with me? And you had to follow him because he was vindicated by the pillar of fire. He was vindicated by the cloud. And later there was a transition from Moses to Joshua. And Joshua placed them in the land. And today we have had the prophet in the end time. And I am not ashamed of this prophet. I will repeat, I am not ashamed of this prophet. No matter how many critics rise against him, I will always take sides with Malachi 4. Because before he came my way, things that were common were so complicated. Uh, 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 I had an education, but we ate communion at night. The Lord's Supper during the day, rather, and made it a breakfast. Are you with me? But William Branham came and said, the supper is not for during the day, it's at night. Look how simple it is, but how many people missed it. But it had to take Malachi for to restore the weight and say, this is how it's done. And my hope is that this church will always be a message church. May it be a place where we feel comfortable to quote William Brenham. I know in some pulpit, William Brenham is beginning to be muted. But I, Brother John, he must never be mooted. People must know that God sent the prophet in the end time and he was vindicated by the pillar of fire. And young people, Muslims are not ashamed of Muhammad. Hallelujah. But Muhammad does not have the truth. And here in the end time, God gave you a prophet who preached nothing but the truth. And let me tell you something. Even though people that criticize the message, they've got no replacement. You will never find a substitute for the message. This is the only way of escape in the end time. It is through the message of Malachi 4. Oh, we've got great ministers around in the denominations, but their message does not have the rapturing faith. In the end time, there's only one message that has got the rapturing faith, and that message is the message of Malachi 4. Thank God for the Kentuckian man that came our way. And listen here, I'm not emphasizing on the man. If you worship Brother Brenham, you're going to go to hell. Brother Brenham is not a way of salvation. If you only see William Brenham, that's a problem. You must see beyond William Brenham. You must see the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, now as we were coming here, there are some signposts along the road, along the highway. It will say Billingham, 10 kilometers and 5 kilometers. The signpost is not a destination, but it points you to where you are going. William Brenham is not the destination, but William Brenham was pointing us to the destination. The destination is the Lord Jesus Christ. And maybe I had much better take it and bring it to your doorstep. The message is not a bunch of books. The message is not an literature. But the message is the Lord Jesus Christ in a revealed form in the end time. And young people, take this message. You will overcome. 
the message God called man. Paragraph 46. The prophet says God wants his shepherds to save the sheep. To do what? That is the whole purpose of a shepherd. His mind is on the sheep. Not on money, not on recognition, not on popularity, on the sheep. How can I save the sheep? And when a shepherd loses one sheep, he is heartbroken. And I think Brother John and Brother Samuel would know what I talk about. When you hear someone is no longer saving the law, it breaks your heart. Are you still with me? It gives you sleepless nights. You wonder what is going on. You spend time in prayer weeping for them and say, God, reconcile them. And it's quite amazing some people leave church for minor things. Let's carry on. God wants his shepherds to save the sheep. Regardless of what he has to be called or what he has to go through, save them sheep. So a shepherd will go through some stuff, Brother Steve. A shepherd will be called names. A shepherd will be rejected. Oh, you, you're going you're gonna to walk to certain people as you approach them. Then they turn the other way around. But, but a shepherd, when you've got a heart of a shepherd, you don't quit. It doesn't matter what you are called. It doesn't matter how you are rejected. It doesn't matter how you are undermined. It doesn't matter who says that, what. It doesn't matter who does what. Your main objective is that you want to save the sheep. Brother John, I believe that when we cross over on the other side, you will be looking around and say, where's brother so-and-so? Where's sister so-and-so? Because you want them to arrive on the other side. Brother John doesn't want you just to come here, but brother John wants you to experience a body change. Brother Sam, when we get on the other side, I'm not going to start looking at the believers here. I'll start looking for believers in my church. Where's brother so-and-so? Where's sister so-and-so? Where's brother so-and-so? When I find them, I say, Lord, I thank you that I preach the truth. And here they are. They've reached the destination. And that's why we are here. I hope we are together. Now the prophet of God in the message, God hiding himself in simplicity. And you'll bear with me if I sound too fundamental this morning. It's because in some instances, things that we never thought we would see within message ranks, they have now emerged within message ranks. Things that we used to condemn in denominations, they have now crept into the message. We used to say, don't worship personalities, but we see personalities in the message. I said, I, I, I'm amazed of how the devil is trying to dilute the message. And folks, remember, we are not even Pentecostals. We are the bride of Jesus Christ. Our approach must be different. I hope we are together. In the message, God hiding himself in simplicity, then revealing himself in the same. Paragraph 1-4. He says, now I think it's our duty to make the inside right. And I think the leadership here, they have tried to their best to make the inside look right. Because every minister would want the best for his own people. Good amenities for them. A good facility that is convenient for them. And that's exactly what they have done. Says by the grace of God to be so grateful to our God. This will just not only be a beautiful building that will come to. But may everyone who comes in see the beautiful characteristic of Jesus Christ. Not just in a pastor, in every person that comes in here. It's not just the duty of Brother John to be hospitable. It's every one of you, when somebody walks through, welcome them. You don't know what they've been through. Don't judge them. If you're a good fisherman, you don't clean the fish while it is in the water. You pull it out of the water first, then you begin to clean it. But today, people want to clean the fishes in the water. Don't do that. It says, May it be a consecrated place to our Lord. A consecrated people. 
For no matter how beautiful the structure is, that we certainly do appreciate. The beauty of the church is the character of the people. I trust it will always be a house of God of beauty. That's why Brother Brennan makes a statement in one message. He says we live during a time where people catch one another's spirit instead of the Holy Spirit. And maybe at a risk of saying this, I had much better say this because I feel that I must not hold back. Even if Brother John could hate somebody, don't hate them. Pray for him to be delivered from hating that person. Are you still with me? The pulpit, it must be a place where it preaches love. It preaches forgiveness. It preaches tolerance. And tolerance, I'm not referring to sin here. When you bear with your brother when he's wrong, and you pursue him until you reconcile him, you don't cut your brother off and say, I'm done with my brother. How are you going to spend eternity with your brother and your sister if you keep on cutting them? Brother Brennan, when he came back, he said, only one thing that will get there and enter there is perfect love. And we cannot have it there if we don't have it here. I must love you even when you have done me wrong. My attitude towards you must never change. I must still pray for you. Why? Because you are my brother. I hope we are together here. Now, in the message, the unbelief does not hinder God. Paragraph 37. The prophet says, in the last days. Are we in the last days? In the last days, what what it's going to take to stand is a scriptural trained church. Scriptural trained church. Are you with me? I think that's why Brother John would have the Bible study. He wants this to be scriptural trained. It's quite amazing, Brother Samuel, that uh, the book, uh, the church in Ephesus, it only had 12 believers. But it was uh, believers of such quality. We are not just looking, and when you look at Corinthians, there were many, but a bunch of confusion. One spoke in tongues, and there was no interpretation. It was just a mess. I believe in gifts. I believe in the operation of gifts. But I believe as well on the administration of those gifts by the weight. Uh, the other time, there's somebody that came to me and had a dream. And she told me the dream. And as she told me the dream, the dream came to pass exactly the way she told me. It was a sister. Then she had the second one. It came exactly, it happened exactly as she had dreamed. Then there was a third one. It never came to pass. Then I said, sister, there it was the Lord. There it was the Lord. But here it is not the Lord. Are you getting what I mean here? Because the devil can hijack a gift. That's why a gift must come under the scrutiny of the word. If you prophesy, your prophecy must come to pass. Are you getting me here? We are not Pentecostals here. We are the bride of Jesus Christ. We don't follow signs and wonders. We follow the weight. And signs and wonders follow us. If we follow signs and wonders, something is wrong. Because the devil can impersonate signs and wonders. But the devil will never impersonate the revealed weight in the heart of the believer. What it is going to take in the end time to stand is a scriptural trained church. Before they do anything, they say, what does the scripture say about this? Before they move, what does the prophet say about this? They are not moved by excitement. They are not moved by emotions. They are not moved by personalities. They are not moved by movements. But they watch what God said in his word. And if it is not in the word, they stay away from it. But if it is in the word, they embrace it. And the prophet says, for there's going to be carnal impersonations rise. Carnal impersonations rise. Brother John, the prophet says, the truth will never make you popular, but it will make you honest. And my desire always is to be honest. 
I've got no interest for popularity. Now, there's going to be carnal impersonations. I'm not sure whether here, do you have cars that have got, is a manual? Yeah. And then you, the higher the speed, the higher the gear. And as you rev it up and move down, then you move from gear one, gear two, gear three. And you are now on the highway and you have engaged in a higher gear. What happens when you drive down the highway and the vehicle is engaged in a higher gear? What happens if you go and move it and do a change down? What's going to happen? What's going to happen? Will it damage the engine? Now, William Brenham was here. He moved to the first gear and called it the first pull. Then he moved to the second gear and called it the second pull. Then he moved on the higher gear. He called it the third pull. And he moved and he left the vehicle on a higher gear. But I have a problem today that I see people trying to move from the higher gear back to the lower gear. And they're going to damage the spiritual engine. Are you hearing me this morning? In the message, God called man. Paragraph 32. It says, and so we tonight want to think on that and remember that in the midst of all this cry, God cannot send a revival till he's got men in shape to take it. We cannot have a revival until we get men. Not just men, God called men. God trained men. That's not trained up in the schools of men. God trained men. God, that's not trained up in the schools of theology and of education. But rugged men of faith. Rugged men of faith. They, they don't quit because somebody spoke bad about them. This, these are rugged men. They've got a personal experience about what they are speaking about. And not just a rugged man. We need rugged women. Are you still with me? Wait, wait. You don't just take easy offense and quit coming to church because a sister didn't greet you. You are not here to be greeted. Even if they don't greet you, you are not. That is not the focus. Your focus is on God. We need people that have got a personal experience with God. People that can go to church even when they are broke. People that can come to church even when they don't have clothes. People that worship God unconditionally. Whether circumstances allow it or they don't allow it, but they keep on worshiping God. Even during the rainy season, they worship God. Even when they are sick, they worship God. Their worship to God is not conditional. They will worship God during easy times and during difficult times. We need such a material in the end time. Rugged men of faith that God has brought up in the school of his rugged training. Men who are not afraid to face the fire. Are you still with me? Men who have come in the presence of God and know his power and know his omnipotency and know his healing power. Some men that's trained to know the living God. It's all right to train them by the word, but the letter killeth. And the spirit giveth life. These men are not just preaching. But they want to see God on the scene. That's why Brother John this morning when he realized there might be something in the air. As a minister of the gospel he says we're going to have prayer over this. Why? It's not just the preaching. But there must be the demonstration of the Holy Ghost behind the sermon. People must experience God. That's why this facility, it must be a place where the sick will come. And when they walk away, they are different. It must be a place where the sinner will come in. When they go away, they say, I'd much better be right with God. May it not be an entertainment place. Hallelujah. May it not be a place where we pat ministers on the back. May it be a place where it will be a matter of life and death. Save us, God, or we perish. Make a way for us, oh God, or we will, become, we will perish. Are you still with me? 
folks, are you realizing this is a homegoing time? The world is slipping deeper and deeper into a state of hopelessness. And things are going to get worse and worse. But I'm glad that things are going to get better and better for the bride of Jesus Christ. Don't just watch what the devil is doing. Watch what God is doing. Are you with me? The prophet carries on. He says, before we can have this revival, God has to call out and train men. God trained men to carry this message. You know, you can have a, a great equipment, but unless it is operated by somebody that is well trained, that great equipment can cause so much damage. So this message has got to be handled by well-trained men. This message has got to be handled by well-trained women. Young people, hear me. We are here to train you how to handle this message. He says they don't care. They don't care what the opposition is. They are willing to go to the fairy furnace in defeat or to the lion's den. Wherever it may be, they are ready to go because they have been in the presence of God and know that he is. Have you ever met somebody who's got a personal experience with God? You can never talk them out of God because you never talk to them into God. You can never debate them out because they were never debated in, but they were called by the almighty God. Folks, I, I, I'm very much encouraged to know that there will be people that will never leave this message. It doesn't matter what opposition comes against this message, but there are people that will never leave this message. Why? It was not brought by a man to them. It was a revelation from the Almighty God. It was not a church activity. It was not just a pastoral affair. But it was a revelation from the almighty God. And if you were brought by a church, there's still going to be problems in this church. The devil is not going to leave it the way it is. He's still going to attack the church. But we need the resolute men. We need to steadfast men. That can say no matter what the devil does, we are God-trained men. We are God-trained women. And we know how to handle the enemy. Are you with me? The message why I cry and speak. Paragraph 46. The prophet says, I think no church in its practice, no matter how intellectual and fundamental it might be, that church cannot thrive until the supernatural is made known among that people and they see it. Folks, people, are, people have been preached to for a long time. But people, they want the supernatural to be made known. When they come into the service and they see a bunch of believers, they may not be big in number, but they will lift God out of history. And the people will see the present tense God. And say, look what God is doing. He healed that one. He delivered that young person. And they will know God is doing something. And maybe on that note, I had much better say, he is not a historical God. He is not a stature. He is a living God. He is the almighty God. What he did yesterday, he will do today. If he healed somebody yesterday, he will heal again. If he saved somebody yesterday, he will save somebody today. If he delivered somebody yesterday, he will deliver somebody today. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He's alive. And he's here this morning. And he can minister to your needs. And he can change your situation. I like it when Brother John in his prayer, he said God does not need a visa. We pray here, but he can touch a person in Mexico. We pray here, he can touch a person in Africa. 
and you that are on the streaming, if you've got a sick loved one, we are united here under the authority of the word of God. And we are calling the power of deliverance upon your loved one. And when God has done something for you, don't be ashamed to testify. The world speaks so much negatively about God because believers don't testify. Bring a testimony to the house of God and say, this is what God has done in my life. I think no church in its practice, no matter how intellectual and fundamental it might be, that church cannot thrive until the supernatural is made known among that people and they see it. Something that they can talk to that will talk back to them. That takes the written weight and vindicates it. We are not just looking for the written weight, but the written weight must become the living weight. We've got tapes on what the prophet said. We've got books on what the prophet said. But it's time that it moves from the tape and it comes into the life of men and women. Are you with me? Now the prophet comes, he speaks about Paul. You know the prophet says, I preached exactly how Paul preached. Because Paul laid the foundation. And my brother mentioned, if the foundation is not right, by the time you get to the rooftop, you're going to have a problem. The foundation must be right. So the prophet says, referring to Paul, his manner of ministering set to the pattern that all future messengers were to aspire to. And actually sets the pattern for every true minister of God. Though he would not attain to such heights in the prophetic realm as did Paul. Paul's ministry had a threefold quality and was as always. I like it when he says he is, Paul's ministry is a pattern. Even though we may not attain to such heights in the prophetic realm as Paul did. Why? Because Paul was the messenger of the age. And in our generation, God sent the messenger. And his name is William Brenham. According to Malachi 4, according to Revelation 10, 7. Now, you must understand, there will never be a better minister in our time above the messenger of the age. When we come here, we echo what the prophet said in our time because God gives the word to the prophet and the prophet brings the word to the church. I don't know how you distribute your power in this country, but where I come from, there will be a power station. And from a power station, it will come to substation. And from the substation, it will come to what we call DB boards in the house. And from the TV box, it will come to the main switch. Now, if the main switch has a revival and says, I don't need power from the TV box. I will bypass the TV box. What is the TV box? It's a local minister. It's a pastor in the local church. I will go and draw directly from the power station, from the substation. That little main switch is going to blow up. That little plug is going to blow up. Because power is regulated. Do you remember there was a time they told Moses, we are tired of hearing from you. We want to hear direct from God. And God said, bring them to the mountain. When he came down as the main station, my goodness, they ran for cover. Are you with me? You can't live higher than your pastor. I've realized when you have a respect for the man of God, yes. you come for him for counsel. He doesn't know everything. But if you are genuine and you respect the gift that God put in him, yeah. and you take his counsel, even though worldly it may seem wrong, God is obligated to make it work for you. Hallelujah. I hope we are together. Isn't so, Brother Samuel? Somebody comes, they work for an engineering company with a problem they presented to you. You're not an engineer. Your background is teaching. But you give an advice, and you don't even know what's going on in engineering. 
but that person takes your advice because they respect the gift of God in your life and they go there and implement that advice, then it works. Don't know, don't think, don't pretend like you don't know what I'm talking about. Joshua, he tells them, we're going to go around the walls of Jericho. And this is how we're going to destroy Jericho. What a ridiculous military strategy. But because they had a respect for the gift of God upon Joshua, they just did what he said. And on the seventh day, the walls of Jericho crumbled. Let's come to this. Ravim says, first of all, Paul was absolutely true to the weight. He never deviated from it, no matter what the cost. There will be cost. But Paul never deviated from it. You know, when deviation comes, deviation becomes popular. Until such time, if you're not part of deviation, people think you don't have revelation. Deviation will be hyped up by the devil. Are you still? Everybody will rejoice. Are you part of it? And when you say, I'm not part of it, it looks like you are backwards. You don't have a grasp over the things of God. But Paul was not such a character. He remained true to the weight. No matter the cost. There are people that will rise and say, look, William Branham said this in the 50s. It's not relevant now. We have moved on. I'm here to tell you that's a lying spirit. Are you still with me? If it made people to overcome in the 50s, it will make the people to overcome even today. And the message of the hour must never be improved. The way it was given, that's enough. Don't bring it in anything. Leave it as it is. These days I see people rolling on the floor in church and says the Holy Ghost. I'm from Africa. When the prophet came in the 50s, he found the natives that were half naked in their traditional regalia. And as soon as the Holy Spirit swept over them, they began to cover themselves. So I wonder what kind of this Holy Ghost thing today that is making sisters roll on the floor. I beg to differ. I reject that spirit. It's not the Holy Ghost. It's carnal impersonation. That is a quotation. The prophet said the Holy Ghost will never behave himself in one person and misbehave himself in another person. If the Holy Ghost says be modest, it will never make you act immodestly. But today, religious spirits have infiltrated the message ranks. And brother John, I adjure you in the name of Jesus Christ. Be careful of that. Let this be a message church at all times. Let me say, then the prophet carries on. Secondly, Paul, his ministry was in the power of the Spirit, thereby demonstrating the spoken and written word. So if we say Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, we want to see Jesus on the scene. We want God to answer prayers. We want you, when you have come to church and you've got a burden, we want the burden to be lifted off. We want when you come sick, we want you to go away healed. This morning, God's presence is here. And you can never come into the presence of God and remain the same. I don't care what you have gone through. I don't know what battles are you going through. But you have come to the right spot. And there is a great physician here. There is the Lord Jesus Christ here. He can touch you and make you whole. This message must deliver young people from drugs. This message must reconcile broken families. 
This message must bring a restoration of the values that the word promotes. Are you still with me? There should never be divorces. If you have disagreed with your wife and you come into the presence of God, when you go away, you reconcile. Thirdly, he had the evident fruit of his God-given ministry. I was encouraged when the brothers shared with me about what you did at the witnessing booth. How many books you distributed, how many people you spoke to, and some of them came to church, and some of them were baptized. It shows that the ministry is bearing fruits. Are you, are you with me? And we're looking forward to see more and more people coming. More and more people being found by this gospel. And lives being changed. That is the fruit of the ministry. And don't ever stop. Don't ever stop doing local missions. Testify. Bring people in. Let them know that Jesus Christ is alive. And the more they know, some of them will come and they will find hope. Never forget the Great Commission. Go out and testify in the streets. The problem today, Brother Sam, some of us were in the world and we were found by God and we were brought in, but we are no longer going out to find others. We spend time debating among us. There is somebody drunk out there. They don't care. They don't care about your small messagical differences. They want God to come their way. And you need to go and get to them. The greatest battle ever fought. The prophet says, paragraph 345, he says, Satan's army brings diseases. And he has done so over the last couple of days in this area. And God's army is commissioned. To cast them out. That's why we are not going to relax and say it's just a virus in the air. It's what? It's a norm. It's not a norm. We as the army of God, we are supposed to cast it out. Do you believe that we've got the power to cast it out? There you are. Every time Satan throws anywhere, any onto you, God's army is to cast him out. And I'd much better say, we're going to cast him out. We're going to cast him out of the church. We're going to cast him out of our families. We're going to cast him out of our marriages. We're going to cast him out of our young people's lives. Wherever the devil is, we're going to cast him out. Why? Because we are God's army. I'm a firm believer that God and the devil can never coexist in the same place. When God moves in, the devil had much better find a way of escape. And I believe you as the army of God, wherever you go, the devil must find a way to live. There is what we call, in military technology, there is what they call a signal jammer. A signal jammer, it means you're in an area and it's able to jam all cell phone reception, maybe within 100, 100 kilometers radius. Now, I always say a child of God is a signal jammer. Whenever you move into an area and demons have been there, you jam them. And that's why today I want this church to be a signal jammer in this community. Whatever demons that have been, be, 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 been traveling this area, may God raise you as signal jammers in this area. Where the devil will never go on the rampage anymore. But you will become an inspiration to this community. They may say the stature of a perfect man. The prophet says 172, we are not building an organization. Amen. Folks, message organizations are coming up in the name of the message. Kingdoms are rising in the name of the message. Uh, sometimes I wonder if William Branham was to be brought and look at the message community. Certain things that are done in his name, he will renounce them. And said, this is not what I had in mind. Are you still with me? 
People worshipping personalities. People say, my church, my church. Folks, there is no better church. Every church has got three kinds of believers. But the bride of Jesus Christ is perfect. And that's why I can't preach to you and say, my church is better. If you look long enough, you're going to find people that are not right. In every church, if you look long enough, you're going to find people that are not right. But the bride of Jesus Christ is not in a certain building. They are around the world. And they are perfect. We are not building an organization. I'm not here this morning to build an, organi an organization. And I believe, Brother Jones, Brother Steve, you are not building an organization. Christ never sent me to build organization. Christ sent me to build individuals. To the stature of Jesus Christ. That they might be the powerhouse and the dwelling place of the Spirit by His weight. When you leave the church premises, we want you to be a powerhouse. We're going to read this together. Message total deliverance. Paragraph 77, I read, you read after me. If our hearts condemn us, we want complete deliverance. We don't want to be halfway church. We want to be a real church or no church at all. We want to be real Christians or no Christians at all. We want total deliverance from our habits. From our, from our sins. From our, from our evil thinking. From our evil doing. From our negligence. Whatever we have done, we want total deliverance. So that when people come into this church to be prayed for, there will just be this little group, maybe not over 100 or 2, sitting here. But they will be completely in the hands of God. And when you, we pray, then God will hear from heaven. God wants somebody that he can hold in his hands. Somebody that he can say. I got confidence in. I can send this my sixth servant. To the end time message tabernacle. In Bellingham. And that group of people. Are one accord. Then something will happen. How many say that's our desire? We don't want to be a halfway church. We want to be a church or no church at all. Oh, you know, Brother Samson, Brother Samuel, there was a time when those women came before uh, King Solomon. And when they came there and one child was dead and another one was alive. And the king said, I will take a sword and take this child and cut the child into pieces and I'll give one piece to this one and the real mother are you getting a real mother say I don't want a half child I want a real child or no child at all that's the real bread of Jesus Christ we don't want a half church we want a real church or no church at all we want to be real Christians or no Christians at all we want to be real message believers or no message believers at all. The prophet comes and the message humble thyself. Paragraph 78. It says, You show me a church that's humble, real humble, not arrogancy. A church just a sweet, humble church. I will show you a church that has the favor and power of God in it. Amen. We live during a time, and I, I hope it will never be a case here, 
where you say, my church, my church, my pastor. We're not interested in your pastor. We're not interested in your church. We're interested in the Lord Jesus Christ. We're not here to elevate Brother John Andes or Brother Steve. We're here to elevate the Lord Jesus Christ. Even as, as we come to minister to you, we're not bringing our personalities here. We want to elevate the Lord Jesus Christ. He must be above every personality. He must be above every organization. He must be above every movement. He must be above every easy. The Lord Jesus Christ. And if we preach... And people do not see Christ. We have not preached. Brahman says, that's the thing it takes, humility. Humbling ourselves before God. And letting God just work through us. And don't have to make a lot of noise. And it says, above everything, love God. And love one another. Amen. Let me pause here. Brother Brom says there are three things that show that a man has made it into the promised land. He says the first thing, his diet changes. Because yeah. they were eating manna, then they ate the corner of the land. So if you have made it on the other side, the promised land, it is the Holy Ghost. Your diet must change. You can't feed on the things of the world. You feed on the way. Then it says the second thing to show that a man has made it. He says he will bear with his brother when his brother is wrong. Yeah. And it says the third thing, he is always positive. He is never negative. Amen. Love one another. And be humble with God. And around one another. And God will bless us. It's hard to tell him what he will do. He says, usually when a church begins to get in numbers and get to getting a little bigger or something like that, then they get away from the real thing. And my advice and my counsel to you, don't get away from the real thing. As God blesses you and you progress and you get bigger in number and you've got resources to put in missions, don't get away from the real thing. What is the real thing? Divine love. Loving one another unconditionally. Now, the prophet says in the message, letter by the Holy Spirit, paragraph 4, he says, see, I'm a temperamental person, melancholy sort of a person. I can't let, I can't let myself get away. Satan takes advantage of that on me. So, I'm closing here. You've got a temperament. Brother Brenham was melancholic. Being melancholic, that means he was an overthinker. When you're melancholic, it means you cross bridges before you get to them. If a melancholic person is here, by the time they reach home, they battle to sleep because they replay the day and they blame themselves. I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have reacted that way. And the devil can take advantage of your temperament. And a lot of people that are melancholic, the devil would want to push them to commit suicide. Are you still with me? Now, in church, we are not the same as Brother Samuel spoke. We are unique. There are people of different temperaments. One can be choleric, where he just says it and doesn't care how people feel. As long as the results are done, whether he runs over the people, it's a problem. So we've got to make sure that we are aware of our temperaments because the devil is going to take advantage of them and he's going to use them against us. Are you still with me? There are people here, Brother John, that will be phlegmatic like Timothy. They will be very cautious and not be engaging. They need you to encourage them and say, you can sing for the Lord. You can do this for the Lord. And when you encourage them, they're able to participate. When they don't participate, it's not because they've got no interest. It's because of the temperament. So no matter what temperaments, I say, Lord, take our temperament and make us to work together. And if somebody stepped on your toes, I like how one brother was asked by another brother and said, have you realized that so-and-so stepped on you, onto your toes? And the brother said, yes, I realize. But instead of being mad with him, I thank God and say, at least I've got toes. Yeah. Yeah. 
Are you getting what I mean? So sometimes we've got to bear with one another. If your brother did something wrong, you must say, it's not my brother. It was the devil. The prophet says, why are people so tossed about? He says, when Christ, the Holy Spirit, comes into your heart, he is in you with your temperament. He is, he is living his own life to his own will through you. No, that sounds awful. That's right. So yielded you are that Christ speaks the kind of ways he would speak. He thinks the kind of thoughts he would think through you. He does the kind of works he would do through you. That means Christ wants to do something today, but he will not come directly from heaven. He will take the body of Brother Steve, and he will minister words of encouragement, and it will be Christ speaking through him. He will take your sister to pray for you. That's why when we are in a church, we need to be sensitive to one another. If you have not seen the brother, it's not Brother John's responsibility to check on the brother. You go and check on the brother because everyone is everyone's brother's keeper. Since you are yielded and resting, what a beautiful picture of a consecrated Christian, yielded, Christ working through you. As I come to closing, it is my desire that this church, may it be a station where the word will be preached. May it be a station where people will love one another. May it be a station where people will encourage one another. May it be a station where people will forgive one another. May it be a station where you pray for your pastor and you are behind him 100%. May it be a station where mothers will clean up their children in the morning and bring them to the house of the Lord. And mothers, hear me. Don't allow your children to stay at home. Bring them to the house of the Lord. This is the right place. You are driving the right principle. It must be a principle that in this house, we go to the house of the Lord. We appreciate streaming, Brother John, but the Bible didn't call us to stream. The Bible says we must gather physically in the house of the Lord. Are you still with me? You can't be streaming and drinking coffee and going up and down. That's not having church. Church is about having meeting at a consecrated place where we pray and we look at one another. Brother, you have made it. Because you being here, it means you fought and made it. So coming to the house of the Lord, it's a celebration. God bless you, Brother John, you made it. God bless you, Sister Debbie, you made it. Why? Because that's the gathering. And forsake not the gathering of the saints. God bless you richly.